0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Reading Harry Potter with an 11-year-old. Hello, and welcome back if you're new. Today, we will be reading Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone by J.K. Rowling, Chapter 10, Halloween. Um, this podcast is intended for all ages, whether it be one-year-old, two-years-old, three-years-old, or a 100-years-old, because whoever you are... No matter what race, what religion, whatever you are, you deserve to listen to some Harry Potter. So that's why I'm here, reading some Harry Potter. Uh, let's get started. Okay. Chapter 10, Halloween. Malfoy couldn't believe his eyes when he saw that Harry and Ron were still at Hogwarts the next day, looking tired but perfectly cheerful. Indeed, by the next morning, Harry and Ron thought that meeting the three-headed dog had been quite an adventure, and they were quite keen to have another one. In the meantime, Harry fooled Ron in about the package that seemed to have been moved from Gringotts to Hogwarts, and they spent a lot of time wondering what could possibly need such heavy protection. "It's It's either really valuable or really dangerous, said Run, Or both, said Harry. But as all they knew for sure about the mysterious object, Harry noticed that they seemed to be straining to escape, the straps holding them inside the box. Stand back, Wood warned Harry. He bent down and freed one of the bludgers. At once, the black ball rose high into the air, then pelted straight as Harry's face. Harry swung at it with the bat to stop it breaking its nose and sent it zigzagging away into the air it zoomed around their heads and then shot it wood who dived on top of it and managed to pin it to the ground see panted wood um wood panted forcing the struggling bollager back into the crate and strapped it around down safely the bludgers rocket around trying to knock the players off their bro- the bludgers rocket around trying to knock players off their brooms. That's why you have two beaters on each team. The Weasley tw- twins are owls and it's their job to protect their side from the bludgers and try to knock them towards the other team. So, think you've got that all? Three chasers try and score the quaffle. ''The keepers guard the goalposts. The beaters keep the bludgers away from their team,'' Harry reeled off. ''Very good,'' said Wood. Uh, have the bludgers killed anyone?'' Harry asked, hoping he sounded offhand. ''Never, at Hogwarts. We've had a couple of broken jaws, but nothing worse than that. ''Now, the last member of the team is the seeker. That's you. ''Now, you don't have to worry about anything,'' Oh wait, sorry. That's you. And you don't have to worry about the Quaffle or the Bludgers, unless they crack my head open. Don't worry, the Weasleys are more than more than a match for the Bludgers. I mean, they're like a pair of human Bludgers themselves. Wood, Wood reached into the crate and took out the fourth and last tiny ball. Compared to the Quaffle and the Bludgers, it was tiny, about the size of a large walnut. It was bright gold and had and had little fluttery and had little fluttering silver wings. This said Wood is the golden snitch. It's the most important ball of the lot. It's very hard to catch and it's so fast. It's difficult to see because it's so fast and difficult to see. It's the seeker's job to catch it. You've got to weave in and out of the chasers, beaters bludges and quaffle to get it before the other team seeker um give me a sec okay um other team seeker because whichever seeker catches the snitch wins his team an extra 150 points so they um so they nearly always win that's why seekers get fouled so much a game of quidditch is only only ends when the snitch is caught. So it can go on for ages. I think the record is on three months. It is three months. They had to keep bringing up substitutes so some of the players could get sleep. Um. That's it. Any questions? Harry shook his head. He understood what he had to do all right. He had to understand what he had to do all right. It was doing it that was going to be the problem. We won't practice with the snitch yet. Said wood carefully shutting it back inside um inside the crate. it's too dark, we might lose it. um Let's try you out with a full with a few of these let's um He pulled a bag of golden of ordinary golf balls out of his pocket, and a few minutes later he and Harry were up in the air, wood throwing golf balls as hard as he could in every direction for Harry to catch. Harry didn't miss a single one. And Wood was delighted. After half an hour, the night had really fallen, and they really couldn't carry on. That'll that that Quidditch couple have our name on it this year? said Wood happily as they trudged back up to the castle. I wouldn't be surprised if you turned out better than Charlie Weasley. He could have gone off playing for England if he hadn't gone off chasing dragons. Perhaps it was because he was so busy what with Quidditch practice three evenings a week on top of all his homework, that Harry had hardly could hardly believe it when he'd realized he'd be already been at Hogwarts for two months. The castle felt more like home than private driver had ever done. His lessons now were becoming more and more interesting now that 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 bleh, bleh, now that they had mastered the basics. On Halloween morning, they woke up to the delicious smell of baking pumpkin wafting through the corridors. Even better, Professor Flitwick announced in charms that he that he thought they were ready to start making objects fly. Something they had all been dying to try since they'd seen him make Neville's Toad zoom around the classroom. Was that? It was about two inches long. They didn't have much chance of guessing what it was without further clues neither Neville or Hermione showed the slightest interest in what lay underneath the dog and the truck door all Neville cared about was never going near the dog again Hermione was now refusing to speak to Harry and Ron but she was such a bossy know-it-all that they really saw this as an added bonus all they really wanted now was a way of getting back at Malfoy and to their great delight, just such a thing arrived with the post about a week later. As the owls flooded into the great hall at once, um, everyone's attention was caught by a long, thin package carried by a large, six large screeching owls. Harry was amazed. Was no, Harry was just as interested to see as everyone else to see what was in this large parcel. And was amazed when the owl soared down and dropped it right in front of him, knocking his bacon to the floor. He had hardly fluttered—they had hardly fluttered out of the way—when another owl dropped a letter on top of the parcel. Harry ripped open the letter first, which was lucky because it said, "Do not open the parcel at the table. It contains your new Nimbus Two Thousand, but I don't want everyone knowing you've got a broomstick, or they'll all want one." Oliver Wood will meet you tonight on the Quidditch pitch at seven o'clock for your first training session. Professor M. McGonagall. Harry had definitely had difficulty hiding his glee as he handed the note to Ron to read. A Nimbus 2000, Ron moaned enviously. I've never even touched one. They left the hall quickly, wanting to unwrap the broomstick, in private, before their first lesson, but halfway up the en- across the entrance hall, they found their way b- barred, barred by Crabbe and Goyle. Malfoy seized the package from Harry's st- Harry and felt it. That's a broomstick, he said, throwing it back to Harry with a mixture of jealousy and spite on his face. You'll be in for it this time, Potter. First years aren't allowed them. One couldn't resist it. It's not any old broomstick, it's a Nimbus 2000, he said. What do you got at home, Malfoy? A Comet 260? Ron grinned at Harry. Comets look flashy, but they're not in the same league as the Nimbus. What would you know about it, Weasley? You couldn't afford half the handle, Malfoy snapped back. I suppose you and your brothers have to save up. Tweak. Bye. Twig. Before Ron could answer, Professor Flitwick appeared at Malfoy's elbow. Not arguing, I hope, boys? He squeaked. Potter's just been sent a broomstick. Professor said Malfoy quickly. Yes, yes, that's right," said Professor pro- said, pr- said Professor. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes, that's right," said Professor Flitwick, beaming at Harry. Professor McGonagall told me all about the special circumstances, Potter. And what model is it? A Nimbus 2000, sir, said Harry, fighting not to laugh at the looks of horror on Malfoy's face. And it's really thanks to Malfoy that I've got it, he added. He and Ron headed upstairs, smothering their laughter at Malfoy's obvious rage and confusion. Well, it's true," chorled Harry as they reached the top of the marble staircase. If he hadn't stolen Neville's remembrance, I wouldn't be in the team. So I suppose you think that's an award, a reward for breaking the rules?" Came an angry voice just from behind them. Hermione was stomping up the stairs, looking disapprovingly at the package in Harry's hand. "I thought you weren't speaking to us," said Harry. Yes, don't stop now," said Ron. "It's doing us so much good." Hermione marched away with her nose in the air. Harry had a lot of trouble. Ha, Harry had a lot of trouble keeping his mind on lessons that day. It kept wandering up to the dormitory, where his new broomstick was lying under his bed, or straying off to the Quidditch pitch, where he'd be learning to play that night. He bolted his dinner that evening without noticing what he was eating. Then rushed upstairs with Ron, to unwrap the Nimbus Two Thousand at last. Wow, Ron sighed, as the broomstick rolled onto Harry's bread spread. Even Harry, who knew nothing about different brooms, who knew nothing about the different brooms, thought it looked wonderful, sleek and shiny with a mangui handle. It had a it had a long tail of neat, straight twigs and the Nimbus 2000 written in gold near the top. As 7 o'clock drew drew nearer, Harry left the castle and set set off towards the Quidditch pitch in the dusk. He had never been inside the stadium before. Hundreds of seats were raised in the stands around the Quidditch pitch so that the spectators were high enough to see what was going on. At either end of the pitch were three golden hoops, Poles with hoops on the end. It reminded Harry of the little plastic sticks Muggle children blew bubbles through, except that these were fifty feet high. Too eager to fly, too eager to fly again to wait for wood. Harry mounted his broom. And kicked from the ground. What a feeling! He swooped in and out of the goalposts, then sped up and down the pitch. The Nimbus Two Thousand turned wherever he wanted at his lightest touch. Hey Potter, come down. Oliver Wood had arrived. He was carrying a large wooden crate under his arm. Harry landed next to him. "Very nice," said Wood, his eyes glinting. "I see what McGonagall meant. You really are a natural. I'm just going to teach you the rules this evening. Then you'll be joining team practice three times a week." He opened the crate. Inside were four four bowls of different. There were four different sized balls. Right, said Wood. Now, Quidditch is easy enough to understand, even if it's not too easy to play. There were seven players on each side. Three of them are called chasers. Three chasers, Harry repeated, as Wood took out a bright red ball about the size of a football. This ball's called the the quaffle, said Wood. The chasers throw the quaffle to each other and try to get it through one of the hoops to score a goal. Ten points every time the quaffle goes through one of the hoops. Follow me? The chaser throws the the quaffle and puts it through the hoops to score, Harry recited. So, that's sort of like basketball on broomsticks with six hoops, isn't it? What's basketball? said Wood curiously. Never mind, said Harry quickly. Now, there's another player on the side who's called the Keeper. I'm Keeper for Gryffindor. I have to fly around our hoops and stop the other team from scoring. Three chases, one Keeper, said Harry, who was determined to remember it all. And they play with the Quaffle. Okay, got that. So, what are they for? He pointed to the three balls left inside the box. I'll show you now, said Wood. Take this. He handed Harry a small club... A built like a rounder's bat. I'm going to show you what you do with what the bludgers do, Wood said. These are two bludgers. He showed Harry two identical balls, jet black and slightly smaller than the red quaffle. Um, that's going to be all today. I'm really sorry, I just don't have much time because it's really, really late from where I come from. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will be doing, I will try to make my episodes more frequent, because I haven't done an episode for a very long time, and this is an extremely short episode, so, um, that's pretty much all I have to say, I really hope you enjoyed this, and please make sure to share this with your friends and family, and follow me on Spotify, or whatever platform you're listening on this, um, to this on really hope you enjoyed and i will see you guys till next time